Welcome to the latest edition of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. We're continuing to roll on with the podcast, great show after great show, and uh, we're starting to build a lot of momentum here, and uh, it's wonderful to have you with us. We're going to have a little bit of fun here on the uh, podcast tonight. We're going to step back from you know the usual topics of hockey and broadcasting, and we're going to uh, dive into some professional wrestling talk, and uh, we're going to speak with a couple of individuals who are expert authorities. We have uh, from the University of New Hampshire, Mike Murphy, our good friend, a UNH hockey radio play-by-play voice. We also have uh, Jason J-Dog Arsenault with us. Uh, J-Dog, a longtime New Hampshire radio personality. Both of these gentlemen have been on the podcast before, and I'd like to welcome you both uh, to the podcast, and it should be great fun tonight. Murph, we'll start with you. Well, that's an honor, John Leahy. Uh, great introduction. I accept all the merits that you pass along to us. And let me just say I'm thrilled to be sharing this podcast with J-Dog because I can't even remember. J-Dog is much better with numbers and dates. I can't remember the last time he and I were on a program together. We've known each other a long time, and I know the countdown to his radio retirement is upcoming. So to get this opportunity was a nice surprise, and it's all because of you, John, so thank you. Well, it's great having you, J-Dog. It, it's great uh, to have you with us as well. Uh, there are a few people that know more about the WWE than you, and, and we're delighted that you uh, decided to come back and join us. Glad to be back, John and Murph. It uh, hasn't happened in this decade, at least, uh, you and I working together on a on a podcast or something to the effect of what you were talking about alluded to. Uh, a while back on a broadcast, whether terrestrial, satellite, and or podcast. So, uh, yeah. You know, I've been a WWE person, uh, individual, universe member, if you will, since uh, I opened my eyes. It's actually the first thing I watched. It wasn't baseball. It wasn't basketball, football, or hockey. It was, it was professional wrestling. Well, we're breaking new ground tonight, guys. This is the first time that I've had multiple guests uh, remotely on the broadcast. And, uh, you know, we're, we're tackling a few technical issues, but so far it sounds great. And uh, we're going to dive right in here, guys. I- I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a sense of what we're going to talk about tonight. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the state of the WWE today and some issues that are going on in the WWE. And I'm going to get, I'd like to get both your opinions on all of these. And uh, then we'll talk about Hell in a Cell, which is coming up uh, this coming Sunday. I'd like to get your thoughts and predictions on the matches. And then we're going to have a real fun uh, segment. We're going to have some retro matches. We're going to put together two wrestlers in their prime, and uh, I want you guys to uh, tell me who you think uh, would win and uh, and why. So we'll start with the state of the WWE today. We'll start with J-Dog with the first topic. Uh, J-Dog, let's take a look at the WWE today, uh, the current state of the two shows that are on the weekly, Raw and SmackDown. You know, I'm wondering, do you feel the product is uh, getting a little bit stale? It seems like uh, they're repeating a lot of the matches and a lot of viewership is kind of tuned out. What do you think of the current state of WWE today and the two shows on uh, Monday and Friday? Monday Night Raw is the worst show on television right now. That is how bad it is. Um, It's a three-hour show. It is, as you alluded to, a lot of the same matches. Well, you got to remember, there's no house shows to travel. There's no travel thing with WWE for both brands and NXT as well, if you want to include them. Uh, There's no way they can really not have the same matches over and over again. The, The roster is so thin on each brand, 
But um, Monday Night Raw right now is arguably the worst show on television, and the writing is no good. The characters are, I don't know what to make of it. It changes from week to week. There's no rhyme or reason. They need a live crowd so bad. So when they go back out on tour next month in July, it's they're doing Monday Night Raw a, a, a massive service when that happens. We'll see with some of this new talent that is being uh, that's uh, coming in if they're going to sink, if they're going to swim uh, when when they go out next month. For as for SmackDown, uh, SmackDown is SmackDown. Roman Reigns is doing fantastic work. I never hated Roman Reigns, by the way, even when he was a face. That was nothing more than internet uh, dweebs, if you will, that were uh, just not happy, not not satisfied. And they never are, by the way, no matter what you say or do or give them what they want. It's like a new toy. They have the toy in their hands. They play with it, and they don't want it anymore after they've had it. So anyway, uh, the fact that uh, Fox has what's now, I think, the A-show in, in SmackDown on a Friday nights. I think they can pay a little bit more uh, attention to it, whereas USA Network, I don't know if they even want Raw on anymore. It doesn't show that they want it on anymore, and it's like one of the only live things that the USA Network has right now because hockey is just about wrapping up on uh, NBC. Uh, they have their deal with uh, you know ESPN and Turner Broadcasting, Turner Sports, next season so they're just kind of playing off the string there but in terms of live content this is really all they have on usa Network. uh it's been suffering greatly the pandemic has done no favors to wwe monday night raw especially great stuff j dog and murph before i let you jump in i think i just solved our problem with the podcast murph your zoom mic was muted so I just went in and unmuted you, so I don't know if that's going to make any difference. But anyway, uh, Murph, would you care to uh, respond to J-Dog's thoughts there? I want to thank you for unmuting me. That's like Randy Orton giving the key <laughs> back to Riddle so he can speak again. And, uh, you know, the thing about Monday Night Raw was there was a time in all of our lives where we watched religiously every Monday night because you had to be part of it. And that time frame was when there was competition. You had the Monday Night Wars and you had what was going on in WCW. Now there is no competition, at least on Monday nights. They added an hour and donating three hours to any sport for your time. It's hard enough with baseball these days, another sport that we all love. But uh, you, you can see highlights on social media instantly, catch up the next day. And that's what I usually do on Mondays. And the other thing J-Dog said that I think is not a coincidence. For, for so many years, SmackDown was the B-show. And once it went to Fox and became Friday Night Solidified Live, there's just more emphasis put on that show, especially with Roman Reigns, the biggest star in the company, being there and his character taking the turn at the WrestleMania from last year. And as a result, it's only two hours. It flies by. And going into the weekend, it just seems it, the paradigm of viewership has switched and I find myself, even though I don't know the characters as well as J-Dog does, the, the NXT product midweek, that brings me back to my youth. Smaller crowd, smaller studio, more storylines, building up characters. I find myself enjoying that more than the Monday night program. So J-Dog may be right when he says it's the worst show on TV. I think it at least is the worst in the WWE universe right now. Are, is anybody else getting sick of the McIntyre-Lashley uh, rivalry? How long can this thing go on? Uh, we'll start with you, uh, J-Dog. 
we'll go uh, uh, we'll go long until Brock Lesnar comes back. Bobby Lashley has wanted Brock Lesnar either in an MMA uh, venue or a professional wrestling venue since Brock Lesnar's MMA career is more than likely over, and Bobby Lashley not much longer. He's a WWE champion. Why does he need to go back to to do uh, MMA, Bellator, uh, cage fighting? Now he can you know have the the comforts of professional wrestling. You're going to finally, hopefully, hopefully at some point, get a Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar uh, feud at some point. And I'm hoping that's going to be at SummerSlam. But again, uh, Lesnar wants to return when crowds are back, and crowds are going to be back at uh, Allegiant Stadium, at least for 65 to 70% capacity. I think that's good enough for a, for a football stadium on a Saturday night for professional wrestling. But uh, hopefully this Sunday, Hell in a Cell, is the last time we see Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Now, I enjoyed that match at WrestleMania when I went there in Tampa, but seeing it week-to-week in triple threat matches, in other pay-per-views, including uh, Hell in a Cell this Sunday, um, enough's enough. Now, they're in a Hell in a Cell, so it's a last-chance Hell in a Cell match. That doesn't mean anything in professional wrestling, as you well know, a retirement match, a last-chance match. But I honestly think this is it, though. I honestly think the, whoever wins this, the rubber match essentially, Lashley, McIntyre, whoever wins this, they don't go against each other ever again. Unless, of course, there's a shakeup on the draft, which is going to happen in the fall, I believe, or at least uh, after Labor Day. Um, Survivor Series has the matchup between the SmackDown champion or whoever the champion is on SmackDown and whoever is on Raw. If they go down that route, they might even throw in an NXT champion at that time. But I think this is it between Lashley and McIntyre for a long time, if not ever. What do you think, Murph? How long does this go? I feel bad in a sense because viewership habits have changed so much. When I was a kid, you know, Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard could have a feud for six, seven months and it seemed Mm -hmm. natural or Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff could do the full circuit. But now that we're trained to build up weekly TV, monthly pay-per-views, Heaven forbid you go three or four months and the same two guys are going after each other. I happen to like the two characters. I think Drew McIntyre deserves a lot of credit for being in the tough spot of being the champion during a lot of the early days of the pandemic where there was zero crowd and they hadn't even figured out this Thunderdome that at least added a little bit of life to the place. And Bobby Lashley, after some terrible script writing for him during his run with Lana and feuding with Rusev, the MVP addition to his character and the Hurt Business, he is now built up to a point where instead of losing matches on TV that made you scratch your head, he's become the superpower. And I think J-Dog's on to something. He wins this blow-off match with McIntyre once and for all. And then hopefully it is a Brock Lesnar type of feud. Although I think many people would love to see Brock go after Roman. We're not quite uh, on that Paul Heyman feud yet. All right, Murph, I'm going to start with you uh, with the next question. The WWE has announced they're going back out on the road. They're going on tour. It's going to happen very soon. How important do you think this is for the business to finally get fans back in the seats? It means everything because if you're writing, you can only guess what the fans at home are really thinking about these characters. And when you get the live crowd reaction, as J-Dog mentioned earlier, that's when you figure out someone like Elias can become popular because the crowd sings along and knows his catchphrases. There's no way of knowing who is over and who isn't over based on what we see now. Reality takes over once you have fans in the stands. Now, fans can also manipulate things in the wrong way. 
you know, Steve Austin's what chant that took over well after it was a cool thing? Yep. Or did they really love Tamina at WrestleMania? Or were they just kind of messing around and now Tamina is a tag team champion getting her first push in forever? So fans, as long as they are part of the action and don't try to take over the show, I think it's a fine addition. But as far as being on the road, when it's not on TV, it's a whole different experience, as we all know. And it's great to see local markets that can bring families out and do anything again. So it's, it's a positive. J-Dog, you went to WrestleMania last time out. Uh, let me get your thoughts on how important it is for the fans to be back in the arena. The human element is still the human element. The juice of the crowd is something that was missing at last year's WrestleMania, not this year's WrestleMania. As you know, it was, as they say, behind closed doors, for WrestleMania 36. Being at WrestleMania 37 this year, you could tell if there was, you could hear a pin drop for someone they weren't interested in, like they were with the basically the tag team scramble that they had for the tag team women's uh, championships. They, people really weren't all that invested. They really weren't. Um, also, with the, the Thunderdome, the Thunderdome is a good viewing experience, but the piped in crowd noise does not work. Right. The real human element is what works. And we're going to find that out next month when they go back on the road with these certain tour dates and culminating in SummerSlam. And then we're going to really see it because the company has called it the, the summer WrestleMania. This is the real WrestleMania where they're going to have 60% capacity at a venue they've never been to before in Allegiant Stadium, which is a relatively new venue. came out last year. The Las Vegas Raiders played to a crowd of really nobody because there were restrictions in the state of Nevada to ensure that it would just be football players on the field, piped in crowd noise, a DJ there to make noise and PA announcer, all that good stuff. Uh, the human element can't be replaced. And when uh, the, the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn match, Logan Paul getting the stunner and the crowd went wild. And I was one of those people making sure that uh, – <laughs> The crowd went wild to see the stunner on Logan Paul. You can't duplicate that in the Thunderdome. You know, right. you, know you can see shocked faces. That's great and everything, but you can't hear them. You hear piped in crowd noise. That's not the same as me. You know, like, oh, right. Oh, this was great. Oh, stun him. Stun him. Kill him. Great stuff. And by the way, you're such an expert interviewer. I don't want to let your audience not get your opinion on the same questions you're posing to J Dog and me because. Your views on these same topics are very important. Well, you know, as someone who's been to these events before, uh, I just think the energy that you see in these buildings, uh, as you guys have both pointed out, just uh, cannot be replicated. And I think the wrestlers, in a, to a large extent, feed off of that energy. And that's a big part of what they're missing right now. And uh, I, I can't wait to see the first uh, show on the road that they have fans because it's, it's going to be special. And, and I think you'll see an improvement in the product just for that reason alone. But I wanted to get your uh, opinion, guys, on a couple of guys that just got cut from the WWE. Now, there's two names that I'm going to bring up, so I'm going to ask each of you uh, to respond to the name I give you. And uh, let's start with J-Dog. J-Dog, Braun Strowman apparently has been cut from WWE. That's a big, big surprise. What do you think about that move? I, I was uh, I was surprised by it. You know, here he is throwing uh, Shane McMahon off a off a, a steel cage at WrestleMania, and that's in April. And now he was one of the top guys making a lot of money. And there's budget cuts going on in WWE, and I only understand that to a fault because they're making record profit, 
which would mean the rumors of a potential sale. But let's not get into that right now. We can talk about that later if you choose. Uh, it was rather shocking to me because, remember, he had just uh, taken uh, he, at WrestleMania Backlash, the pay-per-view after WrestleMania. It was Backlash. He just called it WrestleMania Backlash. Lashley uh, and McIntyre took on Strowman, and it was a triple threat match, and Lashley defeated both uh, McIntyre and Strowman. And that wasn't all that long ago. That was the last, uh, what, pay-per-view until now, this one coming up on Sunday. So it's kind of a little bit of sur- quite surprising. And because um, when I had gotten back home from Tampa to Boston, they just started making a list of these other cuts, not these cuts right now that we're talking about, but the likes of Samoa Joe, who's back with the company, by the way, oh. NXT in some capacity. Uh, both the Iconics, uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, uh, well, some other wrestlers as well. But uh, they usually do that anyway, the spring cleaning, if you will. Right. And then they had another set of spring cleaning, and now there's more rumors that there'll be more spring cleaning. There's a lot of talent on the roster right. on all three, whether it's NXT, SmackDown, Raw. But at some point, I agree, you got to thin it out. Whether it's surprising or not, the rosters get thinned out, and more people are on their way to the company. I mean, uh, you had uh, uh, what's his face, uh, L.A. Knight. Yes, L.A. L.A. Knight is the million dollar champion now. Uh, he had just signed not all that long ago. Eli Drake, I think, is his name. His uh, name before he was L.A. Knight, and he had been you know in Indies for a long time. Right. You got these guys coming. Selena De La Renta is another one that uh, left Major League Wrestling. There's rumors that she's at the Performance Center. Uh, the last couple of days. So she's a potential new signing. So, I mean, as many people there are, like Braun Strowman, being cut from the company, there's new ones that are coming in that are a little younger and aren't going to command a, a high price at the moment to come into the company, like a Selena De La Renta, if she signs with the company, of course. But L.A. Knight is one of those guys that he's not making Braun Strowman-type money. That's like two, two to $3 million. Right, right. Right. Uh, Murph, let me get your thoughts on another cut that uh, came along. Alistair Black uh, has been cut from the roster. Sort of a bizarre character, right? What do you make of that cut? Yeah, it's strange because they they easily could have cut him, what, two months ago, and no one would have batted an eye because he'd been off TV for so long. Uh, when they brought him to the main roster, as many characters don't make the transition properly from NXT to Raw or SmackDown, he fit in that category. He and Ricochet came up together. They were an awkward tag team. Didn't really catch fire. Then he went away, but they had just brought him back. Vignettes, building him up. And sometimes that doesn't guarantee anything. Ask EC3 when they tried to build him back up when the Viking Raiders came along. But um, I, I guess I was surprised they would, I hate to say waste their time, but something clearly must have changed in a hurry to say, never mind, we're stopping his push. Because one week he's attacking Big E, one of the top stars in the company, and the next week he's packing his bags. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, very uh, disappointed to hear of the uh, loss of Braun Strowman to WWE. I thought he was, he did a lot of good things as a big man. And uh, I think they're going to feel that loss, whether he skips to the other promotion, AEW, that remains to be seen. But uh, that's certainly a big loss. But uh, very quickly, um, 
Let's talk about SummerSlam coming to Las Vegas, Nevada. I know, J-Dog, you touched on it. Uh, really a big coup. Las Vegas really becoming the sports capital of the world. They've got the Las Vegas Golden Knights now and the uh, playing the Montreal Canadiens in the NHL semifinals. But yet another boon for the city of Las Vegas. You know, they just got the Raiders as well. Uh, but a big boon to Las Vegas to pick up SummerSlam, isn't it? J-Dog. Yes, oh, absolutely. And uh, you'd think, well, if they've got, if they're going to have uh, SummerSlam in Vegas, it's going to be at the T-Mobile Arena, right? Wrong. They're putting it at the the new, the new football stadium, you know, Allegiant yeah. Stadium, and uh, it's going to be interesting because Saturday night is not where WWE's bread and butter, where their bread and butter is Sunday night. This is a different uh, animal this time. This is. You know, you hear rumors of who's going to be in it, like potentially John Cena coming back to the company. But it's also the first SummerSlam. Uh, it's the first uh, to take place on a Saturday night since the 1992 event, although this will be the first to air live on a Saturday in the Wembley Stadium in London, England in 1992. It was, uh, you didn't have the benefit of the Internet to know what spoilers were. And you didn't have people calling hotlines across the pond to say, did Bret Hart and uh, British Bulldog, did they go the full 60 minutes? What happened? Right, so, right. Yeah. So uh, uh, Allegiant Stadium, it's, uh, it's, again, this is being held the same night as the Manny Pacquiao-Errol uh, Spence boxing match, which is going to be at the MGM uh, uh, Grand Garden Arena. Uh, so, it, it's, again, it's going to be interesting come August 21st on a Saturday night to see uh, how WWE does it. But you got to think again, it's the biggest party of the summer. And usually, uh, SummerSlam doesn't disappoint, especially last year when Roman Reigns came back and essentially turned heel. Yep. Uh, you never saw it coming. That was kind of the, uh, that was the tagline. It's the, you'll never see it coming. And the main event was Bray Wyatt versus the aforementioned uh, Braun Strowman. And that was for the uh, Universal Championship. And... We'll, 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 we'll see what happens. Murph, what are your thoughts on uh, SummerSlam coming to Las Vegas? No better way to announce we're back than to do a huge party in Las Vegas. So I'm not surprised at all Vince McMahon would choose Allegiant Stadium to bring SummerSlam with a huge crowd and no capacity issues. And going back to the Braun Strowman, uh, Strowman conversation, I feel like Braun Strowman's time ended at that SummerSlam J-Dog just mentioned. Yep. It was almost as if they said, okay, Bron, we have nothing else for you. Bray Wyatt, your character is not working anymore. Roman's just going to come down here, and we're going to say cut and reset. They put Bron in that silly feud of Shane McMahon. And they, there was time, stops and starts with his career all along. When they put him, they magically made him a heel with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler just to make a quick run. I think that was at Roman Reigns, if I'm not mistaken. And he and Roman had a good feud earlier. It just seems... Yeah, there was no other thing you could do with Braun, and that happens. In the old days, characters would simply move from one territory to the next, and so I wish Strowman well, but I'm not going to miss him as much. I feel like his his heyday passed with you're going to get these hands, and once that moved along, it was time for the next thing. And and the other part of the SummerSlam conversation that doesn't get me as excited, you know, if John Cena shows up to face Roman Reigns, all right, that's fine. I don't get too excited when The Rock comes back. I get a little excited, don't get me wrong. But for the company to rely on The Rock or Batista or Brock Lesnar, to me, there's still nothing like a well-built-up story that culminates in a pay-per-view. And, and 
the one I can think of was with, it was triple threat, like this conversation tonight when you had Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey. Like I remember genuinely being really excited for the buildup and not knowing what to expect. When you bring in these stars for one-offs and it hasn't always worked, ask Sting about coming back to face um, Seth Rollins. But I, I guess it says the company is desperate, right, to get the, the box office stars instead of building their own stars. All right, uh, next topic. Uh, we'll start with you, Murph, on this one. Um, the Alexa Bliss character. What a bizarre situation this is. Uh, she's now uh, sort of a supernatural person with uh, a doll that is supposed to be possessed. Uh, what do you make of her character and the storylines that they've been putting her in? I was intrigued when she was aligned with Bray Wyatt as the Sister Abigail answer, and I really liked her work in the Firefly Funhouse with him. But the moment she turned on him, if that's what happened, and had the tar drooling out of her mouth in the Randy Orton match, my interest in both characters went away. Okay. J-Dog, what do you think of that character and the storyline? Where do they go with it? That, that's the question. Where it, it's, it's levels, and when she sprung a leak at WrestleMania, we were all perplexed. That was the worst match of the night. That, that night, that was night two, that was the first match. It set the tone. Although Randy Orton, I got to tell you, he looked good in those white shorts. I had never seen him wear those before. Uh, he wore these white trunks to the uh, to the uh, the ring. He usually wears black, right? So he wore white trunks and white uh, knee pads. So it was a nice change of, of, of pace there. And uh, true confession, I bought a Topps Now uh, card of that uh, match. So there's a picture of Orton trying to about ready to land a punch right on right on the uh, on the fiend's face. So. Uh, to most points, the character of Bray Wyatt, they've done starts and stops for Braun Strowman. Well, they've done starts and stops for Bray Wyatt. And right now, it's full steam ahead for Alexa Bliss's character and her uh, possessed doll, Lily. And is Lily going to become a human? I thought originally that when I saw the night after WrestleMania, uh, they had the Raw, of course. I didn't watch, but I saw the clips because I was at a Tampa Bay Rays-Texas Rangers game, but I was getting clips on Twitter because I followed WWE on Twitter. And the doll Lily, I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is uh, going to become a human in human form at some point in the likes of Nikki Cross, mm -hmm. who had been gone for a while. She was just kind of wallowing in the mire. She made a return here and there, and maybe they're going to set her up for that. But I, I'm just interested to see where it goes. I like Alexa Bliss, but I, I'm... I'm, I'm wondering how this all fits into her progression as a character and how she can reinvent herself. Because right now it's bordering on cringeworthy to not watchable. Yeah. Last week was, was a, a character study on what not to do when you had Shayna Baszler and, and, and Alexa Bliss and, and Lily the doll. It just it did not work at all, and you could just see it. Shayna Baszler is going, well, I almost tore Becky Lynch's arm apart at WrestleMania and a year ago. I didn't win, but I, I now I'm, 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 I could job to a doll. What's going on here? Before we get to the Hell in the Cell predictions, guys, I'm going to just kind of put you on the spot here. Uh, for the Hall of Fame induction next year, I'm going to ask you to pick one person that you would like to see get into the WWE Hall of Fame that's not in there already. Why don't we start with you, Jay Dog? One pick. Uh, who would you like to see in the 2022 Hall of Fame induction? The Rock. Okay, well, he's not in, huh? 
He's not in. No, no. Wow. Okay. Uh, I think they've wanted him to be in, but I think it's he's kind of resisted, and Vince McMahon has kind of resisted, saying it's got to be when the time is right. I think The Rock, the time is absolutely right. Okay. Murph, do you have any thoughts? Uh, if you could pick one person. I think I need to phone a friend with J-Dog and ask, who else is in that boat of because they're on the outs with Vince McMahon, they haven't been invited back. Like, is Macho Man in the Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 He was a yeah. yeah. So I, I guess I don't know, John. I can't think of who is deserving who's not there okay. right now. I mean, The Rock hasn't been gone long enough, I suppose. Do you have to wait five years? Is there a baseball rule when it comes to <laughs> that sort of thing? Well, what about what about John Cena now? He is technically retired, right? I mean, would he be a, a logical uh, uh, induction uh, is he retired? Aren't we talking about him coming back in SummerSlam? Okay. Well, that's what we don't know, I guess. But uh, um, interesting, interesting uh, opinions here. We're talking with Mike Murphy. He's the uh, radio voice, among other things, of UNH men's hockey. And uh, Mike has a full-time position at UNH as well. And we're talking with J-Dog Arsenal, longtime a New Hampshire radio personality. You're listening to Airing It Out, files from Leahy's Locker Room. And uh, we're going to move on right now to our Hell in a Cell predictions. Now, I've got, according to my calculations here, six matches have been signed. I believe there's a seventh one in the works. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, let's start with you, j Dog. The first pick is uh, for the WWE Championship, Bobby Lashley against Drew McIntyre. It is McIntyre's last chance. If he does not win this match, he does not get another title shot at Bobby Lashley. So who do you got in that one, j Dog? I've got Lashley in this one, and I think Drew McIntyre will get the WWE Championship uh, at some point, again, just not here. I think this is Bobby Lashley's time. Let's see where they go from here, and uh, I'll take uh, Lashley with MVP, who's doing a fantastic job. If it's been one guy who's been the MVP, pun intended, in the pandemic, uh, it's definitely been, been MVP. He's gotten so much from the Hurt Business in the beginning when it was Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, and Bobby Lashley, especially Bobby Lashley. This has just been a fantastic run, and there's been no deserving guy, I think, in my mind uh, than Bobby Lashley. He really does deserve it, and I think it will continue the run into uh, SummerSlam. All right, Mike, what do you think? Lashley McIntyre. I think the WWE is pretty happy with their world champions on their respective shows right now, so I'm tipping my hand for later prediction. Think about Bobby Lashley's star power. Without him, MVP is not interesting. Without him, Shelton Benjamin is not interesting. Without him, Cedric Alexander is not interesting. They were all a pretty good group, but it's Bobby Lashley who's the attraction. And he and MVP together, no reason to knock them off the top right now. I think I'm going to make it unanimous. I also think that Lashley's going to win. Uh, what role MVP plays in the match uh, remains to be seen. But uh... And I also think that McIntyre is headed to SmackDown probably when that draft happens. He, his character needs a reset. Maybe he'll go after Roman Reigns in the upcoming months okay um and yeah i wonder when is the draft do we know j-dog uh, is are we scheduled for a draft coming up at any point yeah it's supposed to be in september i okay. think uh possibly second or third uh second yeah second or third week in september at least that's the that's the rumor we'll see if it, it, it comes into play or not but uh, there's supposed to be another won't be a superstar shake-up there will be an actual uh, WWE draft. All right, let's move on to the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns is the current champion. He will face Rey Mysterio. Uh, what role will the Usos play uh, in this match? Mike, I'll start with you. Uh, who do you like, Reigns versus Mysterio? 
I might be in the minority that isn't as excited about the Uso storyline because I felt like we just did this with Jay Uso. It was great with Jay. Love Jay. His character has taken on a whole new uh, persona. And unless they somehow swerve us and Jimmy goes the other way, I can't see that happening. The Usos belong together with Roman Reigns. Nobody is saying the opposite. So I'm cheering for the opposite just to have that surprise factor. I think Rey Mysterio is being fed to Roman Reigns just so he solidifies himself as a bad guy when the crowds are back. You know, Daniel Bryan was another fan favorite. They let Roman Reigns steamroll. There's no other reason to have Rey Mysterio in a world championship match that everybody knows he's got no chance of winning. All right, J-Dog, your thoughts? Since it's in a cell, there's no countouts. There's no disqualifications. Uh, unless you get bludgeoned with a, a, a hammer, like uh, one of those mallets between uh, Seth Rollins and the Fiend Bray Wyatt, where they actually stopped the match, which was awful. Anyway, uh, it's a hell of a cell. So you got to think the Usos are probably going to have some sort of way to interfere in this if Roman Reigns runs into trouble. And he could. I think it will be a competitive match. But to Merv's point, it's uh, Rey Mysterio just basically being fed to Roman Reigns. they got to find someone to do it. And who better than an all-time uh, legend, an all-time living legend in, in Rey Mysterio? Uh, I'm going to take uh, Roman Reigns uh, in this one. Yeah, I'm going to take Reigns as well, regardless of what uh, happens with the Usos. And, you know, mm -hmm. who knows what's going to happen. Anything could happen, I guess. The uh, Raw women's title is on the line. Rhea Ripley faces Charlotte Flair. J-Dog, let's start with you. I was at WrestleMania watching Ripley on night two uh, defeat Oscar for the women's Raw Women's Championship, and the crowd was incredible. And uh, these two, were, they're no strangers to meeting each other, Ripley and Flair. They met in uh, WrestleMania last year for the NXT Women's Championship, which uh, Flair had won. I got to think that Flair is going to win this one. And, and they may play hot potato with the title back and forth, which I don't want. But again, Bianca Belair is going to be taking on Bailey, And one of these two titles is going to be playing hot potato. That's just the way it is. Because I don't see the WWE uh, championship or the universal championship having hot potato. So they got to play hot potato with one belt. If it's not the 24 seven championship, I'm going to take uh, Charlotte Flair in this one. All right, Mike, uh, what are your thoughts? Ripley and Flair. It's time to put the belt back on Charlotte uh, at WrestleMania. They hit the respective reset button saying, okay, let's give these two young stars a chance to shine with their respective belts with Rhea Ripley on Raw and Bianca Belair on SmackDown. I think Belair is a bigger star. Ripley's not quite ready yet. Put her in the same category as McIntyre. Give her the title for a while, but let's put on a real credible person whose character, it, she should be a heel. The idea that you can't even tell who's a heel and who's a face anymore, we could go into that category for another hour, but I think it's Charlotte's time to reclaim the gold like her old man. Yep, I agree, and I think uh, she's going to do it by hook or by crook. The other match uh, involving the women, the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bianca Belair faces Bailey. Bianca is the champion. Mike, let's start with you. Get your thoughts on uh, that match. I love Bailey. I love her as a character, uh, the way she has evolved. I, I think everything she does is pretty magical, but Bianca Belair is the one who is the star. She belongs on top here as a champion, and they're not taking the belt off her for a while. Okay, J-Dog? Uh, again, I saw both. Uh, I, this this ended night one. 
this was night one uh, the, the main event of Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, and it was incredible. And I could hear that Indiana Jones whip for the hair right in in, a rib, uh, in uh, Sasha Banks's ribs. You could hear it, and I was in the in the nosebleed seats. Uh, if Ripley's going to lose the title, I just can't see Bianca Belair losing it. Uh, so I think, and, and Bailey is the type of uh, individual who I think will make the champion look like a million bucks. And I think this, that's going to be her job to do the honors, to do the favors, if you will, for Bianca Belair. And I think that uh, uh, Bailey will uh, lose to Bianca Belair. And uh, they're both the same age, by the way. Yeah. Bianca Belair and Bailey. Yeah. So, yeah, they're both born in 89. In fact, uh, Bailey's birthday, June 15th, uh, just turned uh, 32. But uh, I'm going to take uh, Belair in this one. And it's going to be interesting to see how long her reign lasts as well, uh, Bianca Belair's reign, because I believe she's on the SummerSlam poster. Yeah, she is. She's on the SummerSlam poster with Cheryl Flair, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, Sasha Banks, Randy Stadio, and uh, Roman Reigns. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Belair in this one. And, and guys, I think that's the old, what J Dog just said led me to believe Bailey is basically Randy Orton. She doesn't need the title to be a star. And whatever feud she's in, people are going to be interested at this point. You can put the belt on her on occasion when you feel you need that champion because she's such a strong character. But whatever she does, I'm interested in, regardless of whether she wins this match. Outstanding. And I'm going to go with Bel Air as well. Uh, Mike, let's start with you on the next one. The Alexa Bliss match against Shayna Baszler. Uh, wow. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Oh, man. Again, Alexa Bliss, I used to love when she was the mean girl. And J-Dog described it earlier. Baszler was such a, a real be- – she was like Ronda Rousey, just a little less popular. Now she's afraid of the doll. Somehow Alexa will win and Shayna will become her – Minion, right? It's they're taking the same tired stories they did with Bray Wyatt, where every time somebody feuded with them, they then turned, right? Whether it was Seth Rollins or didn't uh, Strowman, everybody turned when they faced. So that somehow Shannon Baszler's character, they'll break her away from Nia, which I think is a good idea, and that's probably going to be a future feud. But somehow Baszler will become the muscle for Lily. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying that. Lily and Alexa. <laughs> All right, J Dog, your thoughts. Well, Nia Jax is going to have, or rather, uh, ba- Baszler is going to have Nia Jax and Reginald in her corner, and I think I actually think Baszler is going to end this. If if WWE is not confident going forward, and you know how they do with storylines, they'll have something uh, started and stop. They'll make a switch. They'll pull the plug. I think Baszler wins this, and we start to see Bliss, Alexa Bliss. As I said, where do they go from here with live crowd? Because I don't think this would work in a live crowd environment. Maybe they tone her down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Lily Doll and her, not as creepy, not as... I just think that Shane is going to win this. All right, I think this is going to be a no contest. I think there will be no winner. Okay. I think there's going to be some uh, hanky-panky somewhere with all this... Uh, um, out of mind, out of body stuff. I just think something strange is going to happen. I think there's going to be a no contest. Uh, so I'm not going to pick a winner in that one. Uh, it is a singles match, so there's a chance that, yeah, it's not right. like it is with uh, Hell in a Cell matches, you know. Right. All right, uh, Mike, let's start with you on the next one. Seth Rollins against Cesaro. Interesting matchup here. Who do you like? Uh, my my last thing on the other match, I hope J-Dog's right. Yeah. Because I want, I want them to end that feud like they, what was the Mustafa Ali crew called? Retribution. Retribution, yeah. Yeah, I think it's time to ret- 
Retribution, the Alexa Bliss and Lily character. Uh, Seth Rollins is our, this is a Matt. I love this feud. Going back to what we said a while ago, I don't want this feud to ever end. I think it's fantastic. Um, I like Cesaro to win it. I really do. I know it feels like, well, Rollins lost to him before he deserves his win back, but let's keep a Cesaro push going. Rollins won't be hurt by a loss. There'll be This will be a, the match of the night. Uh, I'm all for the European superstar Cesaro. All right. J-Dog, what do you think on this one? Another WrestleMania rematch. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two duked it out at Mania, and that was a fantastic match, by the way, the Cesaro and uh, Seth Rollins matchup. And uh, I think the momentum right now is with Cesaro. So mm-hmm. that means going forward, whether he takes on Roman Reigns or takes on uh, someone that, oh, someone like a uh, Apollo Crews, who's the Intercontinental Champion right now down the line, I think this only helps him. I think he'll defeat Seth Rollins, and I think the momentum will keep going forward for the uh, the artist formerly known as the Swiss Cyborg. I agree. I think there's going to be a big spin in Seth Rollins' future, and uh, I think Cesaro will uh, emerge victorious on Sunday. Now, here, I don't think I don't know if this match has been made official, but uh, I get the sense that they're leaning toward it. Elias and Jackson Riker. I don't know if that has been. Uh, actually formally signed. But if that match comes to be, J-Dog, uh, who do you like? I think this will be a back-and-forth affair where they're going to just duke it out on pay-per-view every now and then. I'll give Elias this one, and then Jackson Riker on, like, SummerSlam, if, if they even do that. If not, they go to the next pay-per-view, or Money in the Bank, rather. But uh, I think right now Elias wins this one. This will be one of many rounds. Whether people want it or not, that's, that, that'll be the ultimate question when they actually go back to crowds. Uh, I don't think they're going to want it, by the way. But uh, I'll take a license in this one. Okay, Murph, what do you think? This was like watching Hacksaw Jim Duggan against Steve Dr. Death Williams at the <laughs> end of their careers in the UWF. Elias is only interesting when he doesn't wrestle, when he cuts down the crowd and somebody hits him with his guitar. I miss those days. Please bring back that Elias. All right. You know, I think Riker's going to have his time in the sun. Uh, I think I think it's going to happen. I think that... Uh, I think he's going to overturn Elias if this match actually uh, winds up happening. We're going to move into the final segment here, guys, kind of a rapid-fire type segment. We're going to do some retro matches here. Uh, I'm going to give you two wrestlers. I want you to assume that both of these wrestlers are in their prime, and I want you to pick a winner. So uh, let's start with J-Dog. The first match I've got for you is Andre the Giant against Braun Strowman, Battle of the Big Men. J-Dog, pick a winner. Absolute prime. Better go with Andre the Giant. Absolutely. Really unbeatable. Murph? Oh, without question. Andre the Giant, he used to be able to drop kick. (laughs) In his prime, he was an unbelievable athlete. Unfortunately, we think about him getting his late career push with the Hulk Hogan feud, and then he just wilted. But you watch the Andre the Giant special that they did or YouTube early matches. He was unbelievable and Braun Strowman as impressive as he is he's no Andre the Giant absolutely I gotta uh, I gotta go unanimous there uh, next one Taz against George the Animal Steel Mike <laughs> this is a nice random matchup <laughs> give you know George Animal Steel as much as I loved him I rarely remember him getting a big pinfall win against major competition. He, he was, was too busy ripping out. Mornings. Yeah, he was too busy ripping out the uh, turnbuckles. Indeed, but you put those two guys in the ring together, and Vince McMahon loves the big monster. So heel George the Animal Steel before he became infatuated with Miss Elizabeth would get the win over 
Taz, Mr. ECW. All right. Uh, J-Dog, what do you think? Taz will choke him out. <laughs> Funny story about George Steele. I had him on the air with me once uh, at a North Shore Spirit game, and uh, what a fascinating guy he was. He was actually a, uh, a elementary uh, teacher, uh, phys ed teacher. might have been even been at the high school level, but... Uh, yeah, total antithesis, of course, of his in-ring character. I want to thank you, John, because now I can tell people I have something in common with George the Animal Steel. There you we go. both were guests of John Leahy. There you go. There you go. Great stuff. Um, let's start with you, J-Dog, on the next one. IRS against Alberto Del Rio. Ray Wyatt's dad, huh? IRS. Huh? <laughs> uh, hmm. Del Rio is a technical uh, technician. If you're going Mike Rotunda, when, when back in the 80s, Windeman Rotunda, when he was a little bit more technically sound and not a gimmick, I would take him. But I, I think Alberto Del Rio would, uh, would have the win there. All right. Mike? As much as it pains me to do this, because my favorite Mike Rotundo is wearing his Syracuse singlet as part of the Varsity Club with the games master Kevin Sullivan and Rick Steiner and the aforementioned Dr. Death Steve Williams. But IRS can't beat money of the bank. And Alberto Del Rio was Mr. Money in the bank. All right. I'm going with Del Rio as well. Mike, uh, Big John Studd against Kane. Who do you like? Big John Studd is one of my all-time favorites. I, <laughs> I, he's going to get Kane in that backbreaker. Can he keep him up there long enough to get the win? I've got to go Big John Studd. The, that, the luscious hair, the beard. Kane in his prime is when he wasn't speaking, right? He'd have the little voice box perhaps. Right, right. Big John Studd all the way. Intriguing matchup. J-Dog, who do you like? To Hellfire and Brimstone, Kane gets it done. Wow. All right. All right. I would have to say I'd have to go with Kane as well. I, I think that uh, those supernatural powers would serve him well. Um, next one. Uh, let's start with Murph. Kevin Owens faces Mick Foley. Pick a winner. Well, this is the best match you've given me so far. Kevin Owens against Mick Foley. I think if we're going hardcore rules, Mick Foley would just keep coming back and keep coming back. And you'd probably have thumbtacks hanging out of everywhere. But Owens would get the pinfall, but the crowd would give a standing ovation to Mick Foley. All right. Uh, J-Dog. If it was Cactus Jack, I would give it to Cactus Jack. Right. But it's Mick Foley, so I'm going to take Kevin Owens in this. All right, yeah, that's the thing with Foley. You never know what character you're going to see, right? And uh, I, I, Foley's just too hardcore. I, I think he's got to. I think he's got to get the win. As, as impressive as Owens is, uh, Mike. Let's start with the next one. Tag team. Okay, we've got uh, the Demolition against the Viking Raiders. Oh, Axe and Smash. These guys overcame being known as Road Warrior ripoffs, become one of the greatest tag teams of all time. So I assume you mean Axe and Smash in their prime yes, and I not do. throwing Crush in the mix. Right, so right. Give me demolition over the team that's name kept changing. All right, J-Dog? If you put Crush in, they lose. Take Crush out, Axe <laughs> and Smash, get it done. All right, I got to go with demolition myself. Uh, J-Dog, um, Apollo Crews against the mighty Hercules. Wow, Hercules Hernandez was—he was a—he was, was a marvel to see with the chains and everything like that. Uh, I think Billy Jack Haynes hasn't recovered even you know back then in the '80s at WrestleMania. Yep. Uh, hmm. If you put it in a Nigerian drum fight, I'd probably take Apollo Crews. But based on the strength of the full Nelson Hercules, but I'm going to take Apollo Crews. Okay, Mike. 
I guess it's recency bias because Apollo Crews is literally in his prime right now, and his character has been tremendous. Hercules, I loved him in the Heenan family, uh, but yeah, I got to go with Apollo. He's he's on top right now, and he's really run well with that character. Yeah, and uh, for me, it's is Commander Aziz in the picture. If he is, you got to go with Apollo all the way. I mean, if not, but Bobby the Brain Heenan. That's you right. Know, he's the, the mighty equalizer. That's why Big John Studd was going to beat Kane, but I digress. All right, Mike, we got a couple of women's matches here. Uh, how about China versus Shayna Baszler? Oof, that's great stuff. But China's the OG, right? She yeah. beat Jeff Jarrett for crying out loud. She was the Intercontinental <laughs> Champion, and uh, give me China. All right, how about you, J Dog? Since Shayna Baszler is a submission machine, China was not. China had the power, don't get me wrong, but I think Shayna Baszler is a little bit more technically sound. She knows how to deal with power. Uh, I'm going to take Baszler. All right, I got to go with China, just too big and too strong. Can I just point out, John, that J Dog just would have described Dean Malenko beating Hulk Hogan because he's more technically sound. <laughs> that's Getting okay. A small package, man of a thousand holes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, that's what we strive for opinions here. Um, J Dog, uh, next women's match Becky Lynch against Trish Stratus. You're killing me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh,. Okay. I gotta take Becky Lynch. Okay. I, I think I think she'll take the. I think what she'll do is she'll do that surprise roll up, like yeah. she kind of did uh, that surprise over Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania 36. Yep. Where no one kind of expected that. I know Trish Stratus is uh, one of the greats, and she looked at me. By the way, she was not looking at the camera; she was looking at me <laughs> on an edition of Monday Night Raw in 2002. But uh, I'm gonna take uh, Becky Lynch. Okay, Mike, what do you think? J Dog would pick against Becky Lynch the day that I pick against Jinder Mahal, so I knew that answer. <laughs> but give me Trish Stratus because she's got Test and Alberts in her corner. No way she's losing. All right. Uh, again, I think this is a uh, this is a no contest as well. I think it'll be a double count out or something. I just can't pick a winner. Um, Murph, we'll start with you on the next one. Uh, here's an interesting one: King Kong Bundy against Omos huh. of AJ Styles fame. I know who he is, and, I, and I've never seen him lose a match, so it, let alone wrestle by himself. But King Kong Bundy, we're talking <laughs> legend. He was on Married with Children. He was WrestleMania two against Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Heenan family again. He might have had Big John Studd in his corner. Give me the veteran King Kong Bundy. Wow. How about you, J-Dog? You can count to five, and King Kong Bundy will still get the win. <laughs> Hard to pick against Omos, isn't it, though? The guy looks indestructible. Really, I was there at WrestleMania. I'm like, uh, I was talking to one of my friends. How are they going to get this guy down? And they never did. The New Day, the Kofi Kingston, and and, and uh, Xavier Woods had no idea what to do. They had no idea. This guy is larger than life. Literally, they yeah. couldn't get him off his feet. All it takes is one fight, one uh, one avalanche in the corner, and it's all over. So uh, I think Bundy will find a, a way to get it done. Ask SD Jones what that feels like, Omos. <laughs> Record-breaking right. match right there at WrestleMania uh, against uh, SD Jones. Absolutely. All right, uh, Murph, next one is uh, the Hurt Lock against the Master Lock. Chris Masters against Bobby Lashley in a <laughs> submission match. Uh, I respect your show too much to pick Chris Masters. And I'd, I'd be the biggest upset since the 1-2-3 kid beat Razor <laughs> Ramon. So i got to go with Bobby Lashley, unless this is the Bobby Lashley with Lana. Okay, uh, J-Dog. Well, 
funny you mentioned that. Bobby Lashley was the first to break the master lock. And who's ah. better than Bobby Lashley to put the hurt lock on Chris Masters, vice versa. I love it. Um, J-Dog, Ravishing Rick Rude takes on Randy Orton. Who do you like? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, what I'd like to have is, no, um, Randy Orton and Ravishing Rick Rude. Well, the thing is, Rude didn't really, he had the Intercontinental title. He never had the world title. Yeah. Whereas Randy Orton has had that in space. Uh, and in their absolute prime. Now, remember, The Undertaker wanted Orton to get over at WrestleMania 21. And he almost did with that air KO, if you remember. Okay. Uh, so I got to think Randy Orton, third generation guy. He's one of the all time greatest superstars of all time. I'm going to take Randy Orton over Ravishing Rick Rude. It pains me to say that. So no Rude Awakening for uh, <laughs> just an air KO, not a Rude Awakening. All right, Murph, what do you think? Maybe the most underappreciated superstar of all time, Ravishing Rick Rude. He deserved better when he was thrust in there with the Ultimate Warrior. He had a great feud with Jake the Snake Roberts. Give me Ravishing Rick Rude. He was just so great, and Randy Orton could afford the loss. It'll be the best match of this this fantasy card you've built for us, Mr. Lee. All right. Uh, uh, I got to go with Orton. Um, you know, just uh, too technical. Uh, we got we got time for a few more, so let's quickly go through these. Uh, Murph, we'll start with you. NWO against Retribution. <laughs> well, unless it's the NWO that has Horace Hogan involved, uh, <laughs> Retribution. Uh, give, give me the uh, original NWO, the Outsiders, and Hollywood Hulk Hogan to destroy Retribution. Okay, J Dog. You realize if Scott Hall threw a toothpick at Dio Madden, Dio Madden would, cry, would run home crying. It's <laughs> all you need to know. Crazy. NWO for life, brother. Except for Slapjack. Give me, give me a Slapjack return. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. What do I have next? I've got uh, J-Dog. John Cena takes on the Ultimate Warrior. John Cena. The Ultimate Warrior was one-dimensional, and he had the energy, but... Ten-minute match with John Cena, he'd be gassed. I'll take Cena. Okay. Murph? In the words of Mil Mascaris, no job. Ultimate Warrior would not let John Cena pin his shoulders, so the Matt Warrior must win in 45 seconds. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I'd have to go with uh, – I'd go with Cena in that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. I think we have time for one more, and uh, I'm going to go to Murph with this one. Let's finish up with – the Undertaker against Great Kali. In his prime, Undertaker beats everybody. Good point. Good point. What about you, J-Dog? See, it's funny because you don't have to put a guy that big in, 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 the, in the tombstone. You can put him in Hell's Gate, which is what he did, by the way. That, uh, that triple chokehold with the Great Kali on an episode of SmackDown. He was spitting out blood. That's how bad Kali was. It was hurting. So prime, past his prime, you put the great Kali in Hell's Gate, doesn't matter what prime the Undertaker's in, it's over. Undertaker wins. Absolutely. And here's the last one I have for you. Um, Bad News Brown against Adrian Adonis. Murph. <laughs> uh, I, I could see these two at the end of a, a battle royal, seemingly friends, <laughs> until Bad News hits him with a ghetto blaster. But when I think about prime Adrian Adonis. I think about the Adrian Adonis who was 
tag team partners are Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch, and he was pretty rough. But man, I remember bad news when he was getting his push in the feud of Bret Hart, and it, he scared me, genuinely scared me. So give me bad news, Allen, or uh, bad news, Brown. Okay, and J Dog, your thoughts? The flower shop must go on. And for that to happen, Adrian Ador- Adonis has to be adorable, and he has to get wins, and he will get the win over Bad News Brown. And don't forget, Adonis has Jimmy Hart in his corner. Bad News Brown is a loner who, who didn't like anybody. So does that fa- nobody. Does, yeah, does that factor into it at all? I'd love for adorable Adrian and playboy buddy Rose to have a nice uh, – I guess sumo fight would be the situation back then. Great stuff. Well, guys, we're out of time. We're, we're up against the clock here, so we're going to wrap things up. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. As, as normally is the case with these podcasts, the time actually flies by. I want to thank both you guys for being on. Uh, I know I'll see you uh, very soon up at uh, Area 23 in New Hampshire. And, uh, Mike, College Hockey will be here before we know it. I'd like to get you on again for a, a College Hockey podcast. But, guys, thanks so much for being here, and uh, I appreciate your, fen- your friendship and your willingness to uh, come on and talk some wrestling with us. John, the pleasure was mine. And J-Dog, let me just say for the record, for the millions and millions of the locker room fans, congratulations on your upcoming radio retirement. A true legend stepping down. You should be the answer to the trivia question, who is next in the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame? J-Dog. I appreciate that, Murph. And uh, John, thanks again. We'll, uh, we'll catch up again uh, when my chapter goes to the next page. Uh, I'd love to see you come back on and uh, let you know what's going on. Outstanding. So that's it for this week. We invite you to stay with us. We'll have another episode next week. You've been listening to Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. We'll talk to you next week. And next week, by the way, before I go, next week we have a legendary, legendary episode. My mentor, 95-year-old man who is uh, my memory expert, a memory expert that is my mentor, Harry Lorraine, who's been on the Johnny Carson Show 24 times. He's going to be with us next week, so please tune in. Until then, you've been listening to Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. Mitochondrial disease is a rare multi-symptom disease characterized by breakdowns in the mitochondria, which are specialized compartments that are present in every cell of the body except red blood cells and are responsible for creating more than 90% of the energy needed by the body to sustain life and support growth. A disease most commonly associated with children, currently there is no cure, just management of symptoms. Hugs for Mito Inc. is mitochondrial disease, rare disease advocacy, awareness, fundraising for research trials, and hopefully a cure. To learn more, please visit hugsformito.org.